Well, welcome everybody to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights about life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your host, and I'm the head of Key Exploration. I'm a professional coach. I'm a facilitator and inspirational speaker who seeks to move people and organizations forward with powerful conversations around leadership and mindset, self-mastery, and whatever else we get into. So what you're listening to today is an A volume. It's an extension of the, the previous conversation where I take one of the keys and dive more deeply into it. In this case, it's a compliment to volume 25, which was my conversation with Michael Trotta. So this is volume 25A. But let me back up just a second. Dropping Keys is the title of this podcast, and it's also the title of a poem by Hafez, who was a 14th century mystic and poet. And it's where the podcast always begins. Here it is. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. If you have yet to listen to Volume 25, I invite you, of course, to engage that in that conversation that I had with Michael. And these conversations always come alive for me in a different way whenever I go back and listen to them. And, and I'm so grateful for my conversation partners, for the time that they've given, and for the things that they've shared from their personal lives and from the things that they've learned. And I'd love for you, our listeners, to recommend more. So please drop me an email at joel at joelmorgan.com if you want to recommend someone to be on the podcast. And I'd appreciate it if you introduced them to me as well. And if you love this podcast, if you would give it some love by going to joelmorgan.com backslash pay, or you can go to my Venmo, which is at Zeke, Z-E-K-E dash flies, F-L-I-E-S. Yes, that's at Zeke flies and helping to support the production of this podcast without commercials, except this one, of course. Well, Michael in our conversation, talked about finding the key for ourselves. You know, in the poem, it talks about the key being dropped and the sage. And we often spend a lot of time thinking about that. And Michael talked about, you know, we, we got to find it for ourselves. Well, I want to I wanna nuance what he said just a little bit. We have to own the key for ourselves. I mean, just think about this for a minute. There's a ton, well, more than a ton, of wisdom in books, in videos, in podcasts. I mean, YouTube, what were they saying? That the, the amount of videos on there doubles like exponentially all the time. I mean, it's just astronomical and it probably is changing every single day as more and more people upload stuff. And not all of that is wisdom, of course. And even as I sit here in my home office and recording, I'm surrounded by technology, new technology, computers, cell phones, a microphone. I'm surrounded by old technology or what we consider old technology, books and papers, which contain the thoughts, the dreams, the hopes, the insights, and the wisdom of the authors. I have access to so much wisdom in three or four days, if I read a book, or if I just spend time Googling and reading, if I pick up some old papers, 
I can experience a lifetime or even maybe even a multiple lifetimes of successes and failures of, of things that would lead me down different paths. And I often think about how many books have I read or have maybe have you read podcasts that I've listened to or that you've listened to like this one and then actually applied or fully digested the wisdom. I mean, that's the bigger question. Because more likely, if you're anything like me, you simply moved on to the next piece of consumable media, right? One thing leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. And then we often don't stop and say, well, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to incorporate this? How might I live this out? Now, I'm not talking about anyone on this end of the microphone or just speaking to you. You know, nobody does this, just goes from one thing to another all the time. You may have been listening to a podcast right before this and just hopped on this one because it popped up. Who knows? I mean, and now this is why there are coaches like me and maybe even perhaps consultants and therapists and mentors. I mean, because what do they do? What do the, the best ones do? Not all of them, of course. What do the best ones do? They support you in owning the key for yourself. I mean, here's the thing. As I was just talking about, you can Google all kinds of things and find all kinds of things. If you need a plan to get physically fit, just Google it. Google whatever you're trying to do. Lose weight, gain muscle, blah, blah, blah. There are millions of plans out there, ones you can buy, ones that are free. And I would guess a large percentage of them have worked for people. But only... If you own it. I mean, when I see, quote unquote, this program changed my life testimonials, I just, I begin to sort of laugh and chuckle to myself now. Because I want to say, no, you changed your life. It wasn't necessarily that the program changed your life. It was that you owned this key for yourself. The program was simply a vehicle for you owning the keys that it dropped. The program, the book, the talk, the coach even, was simply a catalyst for the reaction of change that you had to engage in to keep going. I mean, Michael talked a little bit about in his uh, in his life, becoming part of this community and then becoming a fire boy, being indoctrinated and trained to become a fire boy, to tend the fire for the community with the duty and honor to keep it going. And this was a step forward in his place in the community. He was trained, he was mentored, then he was entrusted by the community for this important role. I mean, someone can light the fire. But someone has to tend it and nurture it and keep it going or else it's going to fizzle. The fire needs fuel and it also needs attention. Now, there are other things that go on when, when we move to doing things or we move to owning a key for ourselves. Seth Godin talks about the dip. What does he mean by this? Well, let's just think about us for a minute. Maybe you took the piano or the guitar, or maybe you learned how to ride a skateboard and do a few tricks. And But at some point, you came to a place where you got bored or distracted by something new, or maybe you, you, got, you got decent 
but you sort of plateaued at a certain point. You got to a certain level of skill where you just weren't, you weren't learning and progressing at the same rate as you had been. The gains weren't coming as easily, so you stopped. That's what Godin would call the dip, that this place where you sort of plateau and then maybe you jumped off of that thing onto something else. He contends, Seth Godin contends, that the great ones, the people who become stellar at what they do, somehow get beyond or go beyond the dip. They they keep working at it. They They push through, I don't love that language, but they push through the dip to continue to grow and to learn and maybe get to a greater mastery of some point. To continue our metaphor, I would say they really own the key for themselves. They continue working away, even if they have support and help from a coach or a mentor or a counselor or a therapist or whatever they have, they're owning it for themselves every day. Stephen Pressfield would say that they battled the resistance. They became a professional and showed up every single day to do the work. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm perpetuating the myth of the lone wolf, right? You've got to go it alone, you know, the self-made woman who did it all on her own and look at her now. That whole thing is a lie. I mean, let's just talk, let's just talk about it for the unhelpful myth that it is. Everyone had help somewhere along the line and has help now. Everyone. So when you see these people say, I did it myself, or I created this thing from from out of nowhere. No, I'm sorry, they, they didn't. Everybody had help somewhere along the line. Everybody needs help and insight and encouragement. And you still have to own it for yourself. So whatever you're particularly yearning for or struggling with or against, and I'm talking to myself a little bit here now, whatever you're looking for keys to unlock, don't stop. Find the right person or the right people to support you and your plan or to support you in finding the rest and the care that you need to give yourself in order to recharge, to reset, to begin again, which you can do every single day. And you'll also need to determine for yourself if you're going to own this to the end, to the very depths of boredom, frustration, lack of progress, if it's worth it or if it is something that you're going to leave behind because it doesn't serve you anymore. That's something that comes up in our conversations is there are keys that you work them and you work them and you work them and they're useful, but they eventually wear out and maybe they're not for you anymore. And so you got to let go of ownership. That's an even harder and a different kind of conversation So you've got to be continually thinking for yourself is about how you're owning the key. Are you on your way toward a greater mastery? Are you on your way to an ultimate freedom from the cage that holds you?
whatever it takes. May you find a way to own the key for yourself. Thanks, Michael, for letting me into your world and for getting me to think about owning the key. And thank you for listening to volume 25A of Dropping Keys. You can find me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn at Joel Robert Morgan. Probably more likely find me there. You can also find my book every single day on my website or on Amazon. And please drop me a note if this podcast connected with you. May the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. Until next time, everybody.